you can't make a kid want to play. Mm-hmm. However, you can create an environment that is inviting for him. Okay. And I, I think that's I think that's the biggest thing is that at some point you have to create a buzz either about your program or about your coaches. Welcome everybody to the Coach's Journey Show. I'm your host, Matt Mullins. Today's featured guest is Will Compton. Will is a football coach at Johnson High School at Hayes CISD and has been a coach for 15 years. A few of the topics we got into today, how to create a character development program and creating an inviting environment for your players. He also shares a great story with us today about how he went the extra mile for a player of his and how we can be this example if we really put our hearts to it. So please sit back and enjoy this edition of The Coach's Journey. What I like to start off usually is uh, talking to coaches about what their why is for coaching. What was what was what made them decide to get into the profession? You know, for, for me, it was, it was a pretty easy one. My dad was a coach. And so, you know, growing up in a field house and, and hanging out with him, you know, really got to see the impact that, uh, that he was able to have on, on young student athletes, you know, and not just uh, the impact on the field or, or with you know, track or basketball or whatever was going on, but, but truly the impact that he had off the field, you know, uh, many nights where we had, you know, kids spending the night on the couch just because things were going wrong at the house, you know, so it really, it really showed me from a young age that coaching was more than just X's and O's and, and winning ball games. It was truly about how you can affect uh, a kid's life and, and how you can help them uh, achieve their goals of where they want to go. That's great. So were you a ball boy, ball boy and everything? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was a ball boy running up and down the sidelines and sitting in on uh, Saturday morning meetings. And I mean, it was, it was everything. I was up there 24 seven, just like him. That's great. I, I was, a, I was the same way. My dad was a, when he was a head football coach and I was a little kid, uh, I was a ball boy too. So I was always, always <laughs> around that. So um, I, I like, I like hearing those stories right there. Are there any specific stories that you can remember, you know, when you were a kid being around your dad that um, left, left a lasting impact on you and, and, is kind of carried over into what you do now as a coach. Absolutely, there was there was a time, and uh, you're probably getting mad at me for sharing this, but uh, he came home, and I mean, he was he was visibly upset. Uh, he had had he had had a couple kids that had qualified for the, uh, the state track meet, and school district wanted you know to you know for them to go down there, compete, and come back all in one kind of all in one trip. Well, I mean, it was a good four or five hour drive from where we were at uh, for that to happen. You know that they, you could have made it work and. I remember him going out in the backyard and he was, he was, you know, he was, he was visibly upset and just him talking about, you know, that wasn't right. That's not, uh, the kids had, had done everything they needed to do and they deserved and they had earned uh, a trip and the experience of being around the state track meet. And, and that's something that, that stuck with me uh, all the way through, you know, especially in those first couple of years of coaching, you know, where, you know, we had kids qualify from Texas relays and they just, you, you feel for those kids and how hard they've worked. They, they have earned, you know, uh, that trip, that that experience to go out to eat, to go, you know, walk around the state capitol to, you know, all the things that uh, that Austin has to offer. And I just that was something that always stuck in my head. And, and it just let me know and, and always reminds me that no matter what, no matter if it comes out of your own pocket, you need to do what's best for kids. Oh, that's great. I, I like that. I like that a lot. And my dad, he speaks he speaks the same way. I mean, it's always about doing what's best for the kids. And at the end of the day, like you were talking about, it, it doesn't matter the wins or losses. I mean, you're trying to develop these kids and you're trying to make them better. Um, so go ahead and, and tell us about where you are now. Um, 
you know, you get, you gave me a long, long list of uh, different <laughs> schools that you were at. So I'm curious, you know, what, you know, the path, the path that you've taken uh, in, in coaching, what, what's it been like? You know, it's been, it, it wasn't anything like I expected. You know, I, I guarantee that, you know, my dad, he was, uh, he coached there in Seagrace for 22 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and so whenever I was getting in, you know, I was thinking, Hey man, I'm going to go place and I'm gonna be there for 22 years. And you know, my little kids will be running around the field house and things like that. And you know, it, life doesn't happen like that all the time. And so, you know, I, uh, started off my job at, at Rice Consolidated. Uh, we had a head coaching change after the first year. Uh, so I ended up going to Refurio, uh, then followed the head coach. He decided to leave and went to Lamarck and then decided to leave again. So kind of bounced me around a little bit. Um, and then I got hooked up with uh, Derek Rush, uh, amazing coach at John Tyler. Uh, truly, truly changed the way that, that I coach kids and, uh, you know, definitely had a, a direct impact on, on my style of coaching. I uh, was with him there two years at John Tyler when he took the job at Oak Ridge. And, uh, you know, so a lot of my moves, I, I moved around, but I moved with the same guys. Mm -hmm. uh, that, then I left and was a head coach for, for three years, uh, athletic coordinator. And then, uh, you know, for family situations and, and, you know, just to try to, you know, reestablish myself and, you know, some confidence and, and things like that as we struggled at Rudder. Uh, got, went back to Oak Ridge and, and had an amazing time. And then uh, currently I am helping open up Hayes. Uh, Johnson High School, brand new high school that's opening up about 15 miles outside of Austin. And uh, it's a fun time. It's an exciting time. That's great. And we'll, we'll get into that here in a second. But I was curious, you mentioned uh, uh, Coach Rush, that he, he changed the way that you, that you coach. So I'm curious, what, what were some things that he taught you? And what were some of the things that um, you started doing differently once you started getting around him? Absolutely. You know, he was he was a guy he was the first guy that really showed me how to implement a character development program inside of your inside of your athletic program. And so that was that was huge for us as we went through. Uh, you know, we used the coaching to change kids lives at the time and, and show me how to, you know, let's allocate this time during offseason that, so that, you know, hey, we sit down with these kids and uh, John Tyler's a, a unique place. You know, you, you have kids from a, var a variety of backgrounds and some coming from from some, some hard situations. And so he showed me how to, you know, further build those relationships more than just what you could do for them on the field. And, you know, how you, how you love them up in the hallway and how you, you mess around with them, you know, joke around with them there. But once you step on the field and you blow the whistle, hey, it's time to go to work. And, you know, it really showed me that. And Coach Rush is, is big, you know, because uh, he's the son of a, of a preacher. And so, you know, he doesn't use profanity. Yeah. And, you know, which – you know, not that I, I cursed a lot, but it was it was something that, you know, directly impacted me as far as when we got out on the field, you know, we didn't use curse words. You know, there's other ways to communicate with kids. There's other ways to communicate with coaches when you're frustrated as compared to, you know, using all those uh, those four letter words that we all know. Yeah. So what do you what do you think are the best ways uh, to communicate with coaches? You know, because we are going to face those negative situations, uh, but you want to get you want to you want to find the positive in every single situation. So. Uh, how, do, how do you think you changed the way that you communicated with coaches and players and, and how can we do that as coaches? You know, I think the, the big thing for me was that, you know, you can't let your frustration show. And that's, that's something that's difficult. Not that you want to uh, pile everything up and ball it up. But, you know, when you have a, a disagreement with a coach, uh, maybe it's on the field or, or in a game, you can't, you can't just blurt out what's, what's going on and what's running through your mind at that point. You know, take, your, take a breath, you know, take a – take a second and, and figure out a quality time, you know, maybe off the field to, 
to talk with that coach or maybe just in, in passing in, in between a period. Hey, coach, you know, hey, on this play, we need to be make sure that we're doing this or this or this as compared to screaming across the field. And now that coach is defensive about, you know, you put me on blast in front of all my kids that I didn't know, it, you know, the change that was made and this and that. There, there's lots of ways that you can do those type of things where you can just walk up or, you know, hey, coach, you know, make sure that, you know, they're running that route at five yards as compared to compared to 10. Okay. And, and handling things like that, you know, smoothed everything over and it it also kept me from over coaching or, or coaching over the top of uh assistants that were on staff you know uh it really helped me to no understand that you know we're all there for a common goal we're all there to we're all there to to be successful and to and to change kids lives but i can't the other coaches can't do that if i'm constantly stepping on their toes or, or coaching over the top of them right and that's a, that's a great point so i want to circle back uh to you were taught how to implement a character development program. Uh, can you give some examples or, or talk about some of the steps that you can take to implement those programs? You know, I think the first thing that you need to do when you're implementing a character development program is, is you need to sit down with your kids. You need to sit down you need to get your core group of leaders. Uh, you need to sit down and you need to figure out what challenges that you are facing inside of your, not just your football program or your athletic program, but also what, what challenges are you facing inside of your community and inside of your school? Uh, because those are going to, those are going to vary between, you know, whether you're at a, a Lake Travis or if you're at a, at a John Tyler, you know, you're going to be facing two different, two different things. And so there is no cooker cutty, uh, cooker cutter uh, mold that it fits into. Uh, recently, what we've, what we've done is we've changed it over to uh, Stephen Mackey's two words uh, character development program, which I think is phenomenal. I think the layout is, is great. Um, you know, so we use that, uh, as well as the thing that I really like, uh, in implementing our character development program is that we allocate a week for each coach in that off season to where they're able to pick a topic and speak on that topic. And that's really where, uh, you know, we attack the individual things that are wrong with, with, with our school and I say wrong, but areas that we need to focus on. You know, so it may be, and it's those tough things, you know, it may be uh, vaping. Vaping is, is humongous right now uh, among teenagers. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure oh, it's, yeah. I'm sure it's at every school. Yep. And so, you know, one coach may, may take the, the effects of uh, tobacco and nicotine on an athlete and, you know, each day kind of bring in a couple facts and talk about, you know, how you can avoid those type of things and how can, how can you avoid those situations or who do you reach out to if you've already, you know, been locked into that, that type of deal. And so you take those, you know, uh, you know, we had a coach that, you know, he talked about, uh, relationships and, you know, for a lot of kids, you know, at, especially when I was at Rudder, uh, several of our kids, they didn't have two parent families. And so they never knew exactly what that relationship was supposed to look like, or, you know, how are you going to, how are you going to ask out a girl, you know, uh, you know, when you go on a date, you know, you know, these are the type of things. So it was, um, all those type of things I think are, are big into implementing your, in, into your program and then being consistent, you know, don't make it just a boot camp phase. You know, it's not just in boot camp. We talk about character, you know, it's gotta be something that, you know, uh, you burn the ships and you're entirely invested into uh, as far as, you know, you do it in your summer camp, you do it in, in fall camp, you do it in off season. I mean, it's something that's constantly in your program and it's constantly, it's gotta be something that your coaches are constantly bought into and continue to, to, to preach about it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you brought up uh, consistency right there. It reminds me uh, I, when I talked to Chip the other day and he, he was talking about the beauty of consistency and uh, we are talking about it's, it's a difficult thing to do, but at the same time, it's an easy thing to do. You just got to, like you said, you got to talk about it. And I think it's an everyday thing. You know, you've got to make, yeah, make it a part of your, a part of your program, part of your beliefs. It's got to be preached every day.
in order for you to get those get those results. So I, I love that you bring up consistency right there. I, I was curious about Stephen Mackey's two words. How does that work? So Stephen Mackey's two words. Uh, I met Stephen Mackey about three years ago now uh, through social media uh, mm-hmm. on uh, on Twitter. He posts and things like that, and he was just trying to get his his curriculum out. And so what he has is he has a it's a seven to ten minute video. Uh, 36 weeks of it. Uh, he follows it up and he has a worksheet that goes with it. It has, you know, coach instructions and player instructions. And so you watch a video, uh, which he'll, he'll bring out two words. And so it may be, uh, you know, it, it's more of a two word phrase as compared to two separate words that you're focusing on that week. So it may be uh, higher standards because uh, he was actually here because he was pitching us for, uh, for Hayes. And so, because uh, I'm, I'm big on him, you know, I think he's, he's great. And so it may be higher standards, you know, so you're, you're focusing on those kids on, we're going we're gonna to focus on higher standards. We're going to focus on, you know, exceeding expectations, you know, those type of deals. And so it's a little short video that he films uh, talking about that. And then it opens the door for uh, coach-to-player communication. You know, now, now, you can, now you can have a little question and answer. You come back on the next day, you have a worksheet that says, okay, how, do I, how does this apply to me? And then how does this apply to our team? And so now a little internal reflection, because I, I, I'm a big believer that self-reflection is the, is the best way to, to – improvement and mm-hmm. so you know now you're able to self-reflect and then how can I apply this to our team and how can we get better and he just has it laid out for you and I think with with the two words program and I sound like I'm pitching for him here but uh with with the his model that he has set up as far as it being more visual as compared to the coaching to change kids lives that, that was strictly out of a workbook I think it, it interacts with kids a little bit more and then they're able to go on social media they're able to go on Twitter and and Instagram and see his his videos pop up on there too and so it, it it just loops back in and the kids are seeing it more, the more they can see it, the, the, again, it goes to that consistency. The more you can see things, you know, the more impactful it's going to be on your life. That's great. Now, can you find, uh, can you find his stuff just online or is the best thing to find it on yeah. social media? Uh, both ways. You know, if you just type in, uh, I believe it's two words TV mm-hmm. uh, online, uh, online, that's how you get there. Or it's uh, Stephen Mackey, uh, Mackey Speaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's what his Twitter handle is. And uh, if for schools that aren't using him or haven't looked into him, you know, again, I, I don't work for him, but man, uh, he's a great guy. He'll come out and visit you. He'll, he'll show you what, what he's got going on. And it's definitely, it's definitely had an impact on, on schools that I've been a part of. And hopefully we're going to use it here at Johnson as well. Wow. That's, that's great. And um, so that, that's, you mentioned Johnson. I was going to get ready to ask you if you're going to apply this. So obviously, obviously you are going to apply this character development, um, but I am uh, really curious, you're opening brand new school, and I just I, I want to hear your perspective because I've never been a part of that. I've played for a brand new school before, but I'm still new. I'm still brand new to the coaching profession, so I don't know what it's like to open up a brand new school. So, talk us about your perspective and how that process has been going. Oh, it's uh, it's different. It's different from anything else that I that I've done. You know, I've been I've stepped in as a coordinator mid season or mid year. Uh, I've stepped into being a head coach, you know, to a school and, you know, you learn, every, you learn little things about, you know, each and every place, uh, here stepping into a brand new school. Uh, I'm actually sitting in the, sitting outside in a for, of affordable, you know, just uh, <laughs> looking at it right now. And so it's, you know, the thing is, is that for us right now, establishing a, you know, establishing our ground base and establish, trying to establish a culture. And I think that's the, the biggest thing right now, uh, you know, X's and O's wise, it's been, you know, we're learning, 
they're transitioning from a, from a nasty slot offense into the spread offense. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the biggest thing I could tell coaches is whenever you're going to implement your offense, never assume. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you get out there and you say, okay, we're going to run doubles and we're going to run stick right, uh, and you walk them through it, never assume that they're going to understand that stick left means it's going to be the same play on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just those type of deals, you know, but it's been – the kids have been amazing. They've, they've been, you know, really excited. Uh, we're able to go right now. Uh, because we don't have any classes, we're able to go down into the middle schools. Uh, this morning I was over at, at Dahlstrom Middle School, uh, which is one of our direct feeders, able to work with the seventh graders during the period. Uh, mm-hmm. Tomorrow I'll be over at McCormick working with the eighth graders during the period. And then every day in the afternoon we go over to Hayes High School where we have those freshmen that are zoned to us that we get for about 45 minutes in the afternoon uh, to work with them. And so, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's, it's one of those things where you kind of – you have to be organized. You have to know kind of what direction you want to go, but you have to – you know, establish everything about your program because this is the foundation for now till, you know, those guys, especially those guys are seniors and, and you've really set the groundwork of, hey, you know, when we go outside, we're going to do pat and go. Uh, that's, mm-hmm. that's the first thing that we do. And then, you know, we're going to catch the ball when we throw pat and go. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's all those, <laughs> all those little things. And again, they've been, they've been awesome. I'm teaching them how your weight room routine goes. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, especially when you're dealing with, you know, freshmen and uh, eighth graders and seventh graders, uh, you really have to slow yourself down. And that's something that, you know, we've been doing a, a pretty good job of so far, uh, slowing ourselves down and making sure that the kids understand, you know, it's, it's okay when a kid asks why. Uh, you know, I think that's a, that's a huge deal. You know, let them ask why because that means they're, they're, they're questioning and they're trying to figure out exactly what you want because kids want to perform. They want to make you happy. You know, sometimes they just don't know what they need to do to make you happy. Right. And that, yeah, one thing um, I've heard before um, is kids, they want – they want to lead. They just got to be given permission to. And I think giving them the ability to to ask why and understand things, you can't just take that personally as a coach. I mean, you can't let that hurt your ego. I mean, they're just trying to understand, you know, and yeah. find a better way to explain it, and then you'll get them on the same page. So yeah, That's exactly right. I'm extremely interested in I love to learn about what other schools are doing to develop their culture. And I, I'll just – I'll simply ask you, what what do y'all want your culture to be at your school? You know, with, with inside the football program, you know, what we're really looking for is we want our kids to be strong and physical, uh, and we, we want them playing together. And, mm-hmm. and that's, the, that's the thing that, you know, we've really talked about here is that, you know, we're, we're going to establish it. We're going we're gonna to get in the weight room. We're going to be strong. Uh, we want multi-sport athletes. And, and that's something that, to me, you have to go down right now. You have to start preaching that with the seventh graders, so the sixth graders and seventh graders about being a multi-sport athlete, about, you know, giving it all the way through your freshman year uh, of playing everything before you decide to, you know, if you want to go specialize in something else. And I think that's something that, you know, uh, we've really had to, we've, we've spent a lot of time on, you know, just teaching our kids and talking to our kids about, you know, how much time we're going to spend in the weight room uh, as well as how much time that, you know, we're going to focus on being a great athlete, not just a great football player, or just a great baseball player uh, really about getting those kids. And, and right now, luckily we've had, you know, probably, probably five or six that, you know, when we showed up the first day, they said that, oh, I'm straight basketball. They have now come mm-hmm. out for football and, and, you know, are enjoying it. And so it's just about trying to explain to them that that's how we're going to do things. You know, we're going we're gonna to get in the weight room. We're going to be strong. We're going to run track. We're going to, you know, support everything and, and all the other sports that are going on. We're, you know, we're going to be there for the band. We're going to be there for everybody and just mm-hmm. really going down right now and trying to speak that into existence. That's awesome. It sounds like, I mean, the big thing, you're trying to develop a community out there. That's yes. which is awesome, I think. 
Um, and I'm, I'm curious about this too. Uh, you bring up the multi-sport athletes and, you know, it's such a big thing now that kids want to specialize and uh, it's just for some reason it's getting preached. Uh, but how, how, what's your approach whenever you talk to a kid that says, oh, I'm just going to go straight basketball? How do you approach that conversation with that kid? You know, it's, it's one of those things where you can't make a kid want to play. Mm-hmm. However, you can create an environment that is inviting for him. Okay. And I, I, think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is that at some point you have to create a buzz either about your program or about your coaches. And, you know, because kids are attracted to – kids are attracted to coaches. And kids are, you know, they're run away because of coaches. I, I don't like Coach so-and-so because all he does is yell and scream at me and yeah. they never tell me good job. Well, you know, kids, kids don't want to play for that guy, you know. And so my approach whenever we, when we go talk with our – especially our middle school kids and, and high school kids is, oh, I'm a basketball player. Well, that's great. You know, it's great that you're a basketball player. However, you're an athlete. If you, if you, are, if you are a quality – if you're a quality player in any sport, you're, you're athletic, which means that there, there is a chance you could do something to help your team, help your teammates, those same guys that are going to help you when basketball season comes around, uh, to go out and play. And to me, uh, my personal belief on it is that you should play everything through your freshman year. Mm-hmm. You know, after your freshman year, if, if you've decided that, you know, uh, you know, because that's when a lot of recruiting happens and things like that. And, uh, you know, if you, if you decide that you want to – football isn't for you because it, is, it isn't for everybody, you know. Just like baseball isn't for everybody and basketball isn't for everybody, you know, it, you know, it may not be for you. But you got to give yourself a chance, especially when you get into high school. Uh, you know, and that's just my personal belief is that, you know, kids now – and the junior higher deciding to go straight one sport, mm-hmm. you know, coming at junior. Well, you don't know how your body's going to develop. You don't know how, you know, uh, that, that camaraderie of when now you put two feeder schools together and now all of a sudden, you know, you come your junior year and you want to be a part of it, but you spent two years out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, the best thing to do is, is to jump in that freshman year, see, see if it's something that, that you want to do and you, you may love it, you may hate it, but you got to give yourself a chance to, to, you know, get out there and try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's great. Making it, making it inviting. You want to make it exciting, you know, for, for kids that want to come out and play for you as well. Um, there was a lot. I love, I, that's one thing I, you know, for this, for this podcast, and I, I want to get more into the, how other programs do things. I think you've done a great job explaining that. But then the other half of it too, is I, you know, I'd like talking about the deeper meanings of coaching and you mentioned, um, you mentioned a, a, a struggling student in your in your bio, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. Is it McKedron? Is that is that how you Mike Edron? Mike Edron. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I was really curious about that story, so I, I want to give you an opportunity uh, to tell oh, yeah. us what what happened w- with that student or what the story is behind that. Uh, Mikey is a he was a great athlete. Uh, I met him when I was at Rudder as a as a head football coach. Came into our program was our freshman quarterback. Uh, he had he had talent, he had skills, he had leadership ability. Uh, however, he, he was a you know I, I would often tell him he was he was a sheep and not a shepherd. Uh, he would follow whichever crowd was the the most fun to be around, and, and that led him down the wrong path. And as he was going down that wrong path in his sophomore year, you know I continue to tell him, hey, if you Mikey, if you keep on going down this path, you're going to end up in jail. You're going to end up in trouble, DAEP, everything else. No coach, no coach, no coach. Well, sure enough, he ended up – I ended up kicking him off their football team, one of the few kids that, that got removed from our football team that just couldn't do right, you know. And, and I, had to, I had to take it away from him so he could – he had to have to look in and see what he was missing, you know, because when he was standing there, he couldn't see what he was missing by skipping class or skipping athletics or, you know, going and, and spending, you know, too much time over here or there. 
And so removed from athletics, uh, calls me up in June. And uh, on in June, he says, he gives me a call, coach. He's like, I don't have any place to go. Uh, can, can I come by and see you on Monday? Uh, can we talk? Yeah, we can talk. We can come by strength and conditioning. We'll talk. And so comes by, grandma brings him up there. She's like, coach, I don't know what to do with him. And so that talk leads to, you know, all right, well, me and my son are going golfing. You, you want to go golfing with us? Yeah, I'll go golfing with you. And so he goes, he'd never played golf in his life. And, and so if you ever want to test the kid's patience to see if he really wants to do something, make him go walk, walk 18 holes when he's never played before. Oh, that's good. And so uh, went out there with him. After that, we went and got something to eat. And, you know, then we went by the house. And it's like, Mike, you know, it's, it's about time for vacation Bible school. You want to go to vacation Bible school with us? He's like, well, what do y'all do there? And I was like, dude, I'm going to go in there and split into age groups. And, you know, you'll probably do some sorts of uh, Bible verse, arts and craft type thing. And then we'll all come together and sing some songs. He's like, okay. That turned into we're walking out. My younger son goes, Mike, are you spending the night with us? And, you know, he just he didn't know. You know, he was just like, you know, he thought he was just a friend hanging out with us. And so, uh, which I believe I was about seven at the time. And so Mikey kind of looked at me. I was like, hey, if you want to stay, we can call your grandma. And so we set him up, a, set him up, a, you know, an air mattress in the, in the other bedroom. And he spent the night and one day turned into two years. Uh, and so it was a, it was a, it was a tough process for us, you know, you know, it was something that, you know, really tested me and my wife and our kids just because when you take in a, a 15, 16, 17 year old, you're, you're taking in all of his past as well. And so it's not something that, you know, just because, and a lot of people think that, well, if you just take them out of that environment, then they'll completely change. Oh, the, those, those habits have been ingrained in him for 15 years that, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to study for my test 10 minutes before my test happens, mm-hmm. you know, or, and you're like, no, dude. All right, you're you're sitting here watching TV. Okay, put it down for a minute. Let, let's study for for 20 minutes, and, and then go back to watching TV. You're great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're gonna turn in your homework on time. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna turn the lights off at at 10:30. Uh, TV's off by 11. You know, it's just is all those type of things that he had never had before. Uh, that it was trying. Well, at the end of his sophomore year or end of his junior year, uh, or I guess mid of his junior year is when I stepped down from from Rudder. Uh, to go back to Oak Ridge. And at that point, you know, we asked Mikey, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to try to, you know, us try to find you a place to stay here? Cause my parents were living in Bryan. Uh, we could have, we could have found a place for him there. He's like, no, y'all are my family. And he's like, I want to go wherever y'all go. And so that was why for me, Oak Ridge was a, was a prime spot, you know, coach rush, fantastic coach, great mentor for me. I knew that he would be another mentor for uh, my Kedron as well. And so for me to take him back there, uh, you know, would put him in a, in a solid situation to where he'd be around uh, people who were believing the same things that, that I believed inside of our house and also on the football field and also putting him in just a great program overall, very successful program. And so, uh, cause he needed to, he needed to be around success. Mm-hmm. And so went down there, uh, got denied by UIL uh, to be able to participate because I didn't have formal guardianship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go down to well, me and Mikey and my wife and Coach Rush and his grandma all had to go down to UIL and, and do the the waiver committee, uh, sit in front of the three and, and pitch our story and, and see if they would let him play. And luckily, he, uh, he passed. Uh, they gave him approval to play, and he was able to play his senior year at Oak Ridge. Uh, and so it's been, it's been great. It had, it had its ups and downs. It, it definitely was trying, uh, you know, at times, you know, for him to – you know, change to convert to, you know, our values and, and things that we did inside of our house. And, and, you know, for, for us and, and, you know, for my wife, you know, understanding that, you know, a C was going to be really good for him in math. 
And, you know, for him to get a B was, was awesome. And, you know, whereas our kids, you know, they haven't got anything below a 92. And I mean, they get, they, they got a B and all of a sudden we're, we're throwing fits at them and <laughs> taking away this and taking away that. And then here we are. And then, you know, trying to get our kids to understand, well, why does Mikey get, you know, a high five and when he, when he gets a C on the test and you're, you're taking away my cell phone. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it was tough. It was, it was just different and getting everybody to understand, you know, you know, we were there for Mikey. We were there for him to be successful. Uh, he got to go see his grandma uh, whenever he wanted. And, uh, you know, he's back in Bryan right now. Uh, and so supposedly supposed to be, you know, getting ready to go to the army uh, first part of next month. And so I'm really hoping he follow through on that, you know, and, and definitely, uh, you know, set himself up for the future. Man, that's, that's an awesome story right there. I, I really appreciate you taking time to share that. Um, you know, that's, those are the things that, those are things that we want to hear uh, on this show because that's ultimately what what it's all about. You don't know what baggage a, a kid has outside, and and for you to take it, for you to take them in and, and show them that kind of care, uh, that's amazing. So I mean, props to you for doing that, Coach. That's awesome, and I, that's a great story that, that you're going to have for the rest of your career. And you know, I I want part of my goal on this is is I want young coaches to hear stories like that. So it'll inspire them to take that approach in coaching. So that's great coach. I really, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. And I think uh, I'm sure you do that with every single one of your kids. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you sit there as a coach and you say, man, I'll do anything for a kid. You know, I'll do anything for a kid. Well, what happens when anything means put them in your house? Mm -hmm. You know, that's, that's when the, you know, that's when the, the words have to have to match up. And, mm -hmm. you know, luckily it was a special situation to where, you know, it, it worked for us. You know, mm -hmm. does, does every situation work? No. Uh, I think it would be tougher for a younger coach mm -hmm. uh, who didn't have kids, you know, type situation. I, I think that's where it gets a little bit tougher. For me, I had two – we had two sons, uh, me and Edie did. And so, you know, it was more like they were gaining a brother and we still had a little balance in there, you know, mm -hmm. and he knew that. I, I wasn't friendly coach compliment, you know, I wasn't his buddy. He was coming to spend the night with, you know, it was, it was one of those things where I was served more in the, in the father figure role uh, as compared to his older brother who was looking out for him. And that's a, that's a big thing that I think younger coaches have to understand when they, when they reach out to kids and, and, and go out to try to help them out, uh, especially going out of your way is that, you know, you got to establish that you're not the, you're not their big brother, you know, buddy that, you know, he can call, uh, as, as a friend, I mean, yes, you, you're a friend to them, but uh, there's got to be a separation in there to where they understand that, you know, you're serving more in that father figure role as compared to buddy, buddy, uh, big brother, friend type guy. Yeah, yes, exactly. And, um, you, you meant, uh, you started, it, this gets me on the thought of, you know, you're doing, doing anything, uh, you can for the kid. Um, and this brings up the thought, you know, I want, I want to be able for this to be a platform for young coaches to learn. And what are – because as a young coach, you're ambitious, and sometimes we may get caught up in worrying about how I'm going to get to the next title. Shed some light on maybe some of your experiences or what advice you have for young coaches for them to um, not worry about getting to that next title but doing the things necessary that, uh, that will help you in, in uh, expanding in your career. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I'm not any different than any other coach in my third year. I thought I was ready to be the head coach of any program in the state of Texas. <laughs> uh, and, you know, that, that's, that's, you know, I think that's every ambitious young coach. You know, I think that, 
the main thing that, you know, you can do as a coach and, and I've learned this, you know, I, I didn't read and, and me and Chip talk about this all the time. I didn't, I didn't read until, uh, really read until I, until I started grad school. You know, when I, when I went back to get my master's is when I really started diving into reading. And then after that, you know, it opened up my eyes, to, uh, you know, Will, you don't know everything and w there's still some areas where you need to grow. And I think that as young coaches, you know, you need to, you need to really listen to some of those guys in the, uh, in the coach's office around the school, uh, and, and look for a mentor type guy, someone that's going to bring you in, you know, uh, because I think the thing that a lot of young coaches think is that it has to do with whether or not you can call a great play, uh, if you can lead the JV to an undefeated season. And, you know, that's not – yes, that's important, but it's not really where it's at. You know, it's, you know, how are you molding, you know, uh, the young minds? How are you molding kids on the team? You know, and if, if it's just to be the hype guy and to be the, you know, the rah-rah guy on the sidelines and, and get some jumping up and down before they run out of the tunnel. And that's, that's, that's your role. I mean, that's a great role, but that doesn't mean you're ready to be the head coach. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you need to sit down with, with head coaches and not just in, in reality, if you want to be an athletic director, and I've told everybody this, uh, if you want to be an athletic director, it is not about football, mm -hmm. uh, so to speak. You better be ready to deal with girls basketball and volleyball and softball and baseball mm -hmm. and your two middle school feeder programs you need to have a plan before you get there about how you want to implement things into your program. How do you want to implement your character development program? All right. How do you want to implement, you know, what's your thoughts on if a, if a kid quits a sport, uh, you know, can he go straight and start the next sport or does he have to sit out or, you know, those type of deals. And I think that, you know, if young coaches will, will reach out to their head coach and, and just sit down and have spend time with them, ask them, ask them questions about, you know, what goes into being the program, you know, if you're a position guy and you want to be a coordinator, reach out to maybe, you know, some teams that are really good, uh, you know, that you, that you could, that you're close to and say, okay, uh, you know, coach Carter, you know, at Lake Travis, can I come down and, and can I just sit down with your, with your offense coordinator and, and just sit down there and spring ball and watch practice and see how y'all, y'all game plan, see how y'all set up practice schedule, see how y'all watch film after practice and, and learn different ways of, of doing that, you know, uh, I think that all oh, that's huge because as a coach, I still do that. Uh, mm -hmm. And then you need to look at, you need to look at, uh, you know, what you need to build on as far as you as a, as a person, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I'm big into, I, I love John Gordon. Uh, mm -hmm. he's, he's one of my favorite authors. I've read every one of his books, uh, Joshua Metcalf. Uh, he's been a, he's been a good one. Uh, Rod Olson's the legacy builder uh, was, that was one that was very, very impactful on me because it's, it's, it's what, what's your legacy? What, what do you want your legacy to be? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be just a legacy of the, of the guy who won, won a lot of games or, or something bigger, uh, bigger on your heart, you know, as far as being a coach. And yes, we all want to win. That, that's, that's one of those things. Losing is no fun. It doesn't matter, mm -hmm. you know, but what it is at, you know, we're competitive guys or we wouldn't be coaches. And so, you know, I think that learning how to balance that competitiveness and actually what you're trying to do, you know, what's your why uh, is, is a big balance right there. Mm -hmm. Can you think of whenever, whenever you're that young coach and after your third year, you thought you were ready to be the head coach. What, what was the, what was the time where it, it clicked for you? You know, it, 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 you changed where you need to start. You realize, okay, I need to start sitting down with my head coach and, and getting advice from him. I mean, did, was there a specific moment you yep. can remember? Oh, it's when I, it's when, it's when I finally got with coach rush. Mm -hmm. uh, out there, John Tyler. And, you know, I was like, you know, the whole time I'm like, you know, putting in for coordinator positions and, 
here I was, 25, 26 years old, uh, offense coordinator at Refurio. We mm-hmm. go three rounds, and then I'm, you know, 25, and I'm offense coordinator at Lamarck. Well, those are two of the most historic programs in the state of Texas, man. I thought I was doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it wasn't me. I mean, we had great kids. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and then I went to Maybank, uh, which Maybank, we had Colton Browning, who, you know, ended up being a quarterback at ULM. Well, he goes out and throws for 4,000 yards in 10 games. Yeah, that's all me. I, I taught him that. And <laughs> it was really about, you know, not till I got to John Tyler. He's like, you know, Coach Rush sat me down and said, Will, you need to – and you slow down. He's like, you're, you're good at calling plays right now. We just need to, we need to work on some other parts of your, uh, of your repertoire. You know, we need to work on, you know, your character development program. We need to work on you standing in front of the team and you uh, in meetings and, and talking with other coaches instead of putting it all on your own shoulders to, I'm going to write the game plan, the practice schedule, and I'm just going to tell y'all what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was really about, you know, getting in there and, and, and sitting down and listening to, to coaches about ideas and, and because again, I, I thought I was a great coach and, and I knew what I wanted to do. So, you know, it was better for me just to tell everybody what, what I wanted to do as compared to, you know, bounce ideas off of them and, and really sit down and, and make everybody feel valued in that room. Uh, coach Rush taught me a lot about that. You know, the other guy that taught me a ton about those type of things is Marty Criswell. And, and if a young coach wants to learn something about uh, how to be a phenomenal coach, go find Marty Criswell. How do, how do you spell uh, his last name? C R I S W E L L. All right, I might have to. I might have to go searching for him. Hey, I, yeah, I'll shoot you his number because Marty right. Criswell, Marty Criswell, uh, hands down, uh, one of the most impactful people in my life. And, and you know, I can't thank him enough. He's a retired coach. Uh, those those people actually probably know him is that he's the one who uses he's the prayer in the general meeting of the THSCA. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's how most people know him. He's big in the FCA. Uh, was a was a coach at uh, at Denison and also head coach at Denison and also at Bryan High, uh, lives there in Bryan, and you know he he humbled me my my very first day at Rudder uh, as a head coach. You know I went in there with a the freshman and I'm I'm talking man, I was pumped. I was just so excited to get in front of you know here's my group of guys and I and I'm like man we're gonna go out we're gonna do this we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and I, he's like he's standing back there and he's nodding and so we get ready get ready for uh, varsity athletics is coming up and. Uh, He's like, well, hey, before we go in there, he's like, on your on your 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 pamphlet, your book that you turned in, you talked about you talked about what? I was like, coach, I talked about you know being family oriented. I talked about you know being here for the kids and, and developing relationships. He's like, man, I didn't hear any of those things when you're when you're talking to that first group. I'm like, dang it, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was just one of those things where you know. And so when I went in to talk to that varsity group, it wasn't about winning and trying to. It went district championships or state championships. It was about it was it was really where I needed to be. It was about developing relationships and mm-hmm. uh, you know and, and trying to to make sure that we were there for the kids and and let them know really who I was. And so uh, Marty was one. He, he humbled me and uh, mm-hmm. always joke with Marty. He has this thing. Um, he'll come in the office and he'll, he'll be like, "Will, have you ever thought about?" I'm like. All right, Marty, you just, if you want to tell me that I need to put more special teams into the practice schedule, just tell me, not coach, I ain't going to tell you how to run your program. Just, I was just going to say, if you, have you thought about it? And so, you know, that's a, that's a joke with me and him. And so, but yeah, young coaches, reach out to Marty Criswell. He's phenomenal. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you uh, shedding some light on him. Um, you, uh, going back to, and I know, I know you probably got, you probably got plenty to do today, uh, but we'll wrap it up here with this. Uh, you, you talk about, um, you talked about taking care of yourself as a coach and, and making sure that you're growing. 
Um, what were what were some things that you have started to do or that you still do that uh, benefit you not just as a coach um, in your job, but it also it, I mean, it benefits you outside of what you do? Absolutely. I mean, like I said before, reading, I think, is the number one thing uh, that you can do. You can spend time reading. Uh, you know, I also do a morning daily devotional, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sit down. And, and here it's been a little tougher just because our schedules are all over the place. And me taking the boys to school is a little bit different here than what it was at Oak Ridge. Uh, so finding time to, to really get into that, uh, I think, is big. And then, you know, you need to find, find time to spend with your spend with your wife and you know especially if you're married you know you got to have you know we send our boys to the room at eight o'clock we know they're not going to bed at eight o'clock but that's where we send them Mm -hmm. Uh, that way we have an hour an hour and a half to to really sit down and and talk with with each other and talk about our day and things like that coach that's great um so that's that's a that's a big thing that i wanted to that's one of the big things that i want the to get out to is is, uh you know don't forget to take care of yourself as a coach because absolutely you're not going to do your job very well if you're not taking care of yourself uh, outside of the outside of the job, um, Coach. Thank you again for your time. I know you're you're busy. You're you're trying to get a program rolling over there, uh, but I will I would love to to stay in touch with you. And I know there, there's a lot of things uh, that I could still learn from you, and then any other people that you're connected with as well. So thank you again for your time. This is this was great. And uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say before we sign off here? No, man, I just appreciate you having me on and, you know, uh, really excited to, to continue to listen to you and, and, and see what other coaches have to say. And that way I can continue learning myself. All right. Awesome. Man, what a great conversation with Will. I just want to thank him again for taking the time to share his knowledge that he's gained over the years. And you can just tell that he is truly in this profession for kids, especially with the story that he shared about Mike Kedron. Man, it's just going the extra mile right there. And, and, that, and that's what it's all about as coaches. And I just want to thank Will again for being the man that he is and stepping in and impacting the kids the way that he has throughout his entire career. And that's just a great example for us as coaches uh, to make sure that we use this platform to change a kid's life. And it may not be as as big of a step that Coach Compton took with Mike Hedron, but it could be something even smaller. And just be looking for those moments, and it'll help us grow as coaches, and ultimately it will help our players grow as people. I want to thank you again for listening to The Coach's Journey. I really appreciate your support. Please give us a follow at The Coach's Journey on Twitter. You can also find us on Instagram at the underscore Coach's Journey. Once again, thank you for your time and investing in kids and to help them become better in society, to help them to grow as people. So please keep enjoying the show, keep listening, keep showing your support, and I hope you have a great day.